All right, y'all. Welcome to the Run and Resist podcast. My name is Garrett. Uh, we're back here again. We're back in the stew again. I'm just going to keep saying that every episode. The stew? The stew, the studio. Did you say that last time? I did, I think. I, I hope I did. That. Otherwise, this is going to be really embarrassing. But we're in the studio. <laughs> we're in the short studio. for studio. Short, short for studio. There but I'm here, and I got my friend Ethan. Ethan, how are you? I'm doing great, man. We, we got our coffee, which is from Nervous Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if we can get a clink. There there you go. I don't know if you heard that, but we clinked our mugs. Yeah. Okay. Now we're now we're ready to go, man. We're ready to go. Ceremonial clinking of mugs before the beginning of the podcast. But it's not just Ethan and I today. We have a, a special guest, a friend here with us today. Special guest, reveal yourself to us. Who are you? <laughs> I am Hannah Krause. Hi, Hannah. Welcome. It's like this the masked a, singer. Did we did we say that last time? Maybe. Yeah, we might have said that last masked time. Masked singer. Yeah. So, yes, we have a, uh, I mean, are you going to audition here? Are you singing here? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I actually have um, a piece prepared. I came with a dance <laughs> as well as a song. Yeah, yeah they're going to, they, they can't wait to see the dance over the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Great, but, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, Hannah. This is awesome. So you, you've you been a regular uh, attender at Young Adults, been coming around for a long time doing yeah. stuff. And, and we've been doing this, wanting to invite uh, different young adults onto the podcast, as well as inviting some other people who've been following Jesus for a lot longer, more what we call like seasoned followers of Jesus, but like want to invite you in here as we're going to continue in like this conversation of just like what it means to run into some things, uh, like to be able to follow Jesus while resisting like the things of this world, like putting to death the old self so we can run into the new self. But before we run into today's topic involving that, I want people to know a little bit about you because the people listening to this probably know a bit about Ethan and I, but tell us about this, like basic stuff, like, like family stuff like like who's your family like what do you do for fun what are all those sort of things okay maybe yeah. a fun fact too fun fact about hannah yeah okay so i was birthed to jessica and marty kraus uh, they're go. my parents wow. you guys might not know them but i have <laughs> um one sister she is 29 almost 30 and i'm 25 and my brother is 16 and his name is walker and my sister's you, name's Alyssa. if i didn't did say you guys that. all go to norton are you no. guys all Really? My oh. brother goes to Highland. He goes to Highland? Yeah. I didn't know that. Because we um, we moved once he was born uh, to okay. the Highland District. So, yeah. Gotcha. We wanted to, to stay at Norton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So, um, fun fact about me, I have an avocado tattoo. Do you Whoa. really? I do. That's I amazing. don't know how many people know that. I, say, I didn't know that. But cool. now you know. Um what else why, why an avocado tattoo? Yeah. We got, I mean, yeah. I got to know why. You know? So this is one of those classic, <laughs> I'm 18 years old and <laughs> I want to get a tattoo because I'm bored Yeah, kind of things. So um, yeah, my friends were like, hey, we're going to go get tattoos. And I was like, yeah, me too. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be so funny if I got an avocado? And they were like, yeah, do it. And... Here now you I have an avocado tattoo. With an avocado that'll go to my grave. Wow. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. You do like avocados too, right? I do. Okay. I, I really like avocados. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, it's not something that I hate. I yeah. would never eat one plain. Really? But, you know, it's got to have at least salt, pepper, yeah. sriracha. Okay. I'm, I'm not an avocado guy. I ain't going to lie. Okay. Sriracha on sriracha. an avocado. Yeah. You okay. just cut it in half. Interesting. Yep. I like Just it. like that. I like it. Um, so this is slowly becoming the avocado podcast. There we yes. go. There we go. Next time, <laughs> yeah. avocados. We're talk about avocado toast on our next episode. As we should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else about me? Okay. Oh yeah, I've been coming well, to Grace for. Yeah. I was say, how long have you been like coming and being involved? 
Yes. So I've been coming to Grace since 2017. So about six years-ish. Yeah, six six years. Holy cow. Coming on six years. um, I started coming because a friend was like, hey, do you want to go to church? Mm. And I was like... Sure. And she was like, I, you know, I went to Grace Church once and it was really nice. And I was like, all right, I'll go. Why not? So, yeah. Now, did you end up coming to a service or did you like, uh, at first, did you just jump into young adults on a Sunday night or? Yeah. So I went to the service in the morning or either we went to the morning service or the 530 service. Mm -hmm. And then like she knew about the young adults group and she was like, hey, you want to go with me to the young adults group too? And I was like, I might as well just do the whole thing right (laughs) now. Yeah. I love it. The first young adults, was that at the, were we at the middle school, the old high school? My first, first time? time was at Dan's, I think. Oh, okay. At yeah. Dan's house. Okay. Yeah. So it was very yeah. chill. I feel yeah. like a lot of people's first times coming to group have been at Dan's house. Was that your first time? No. <laughs> no 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 but yeah i feel like i've heard a lot of stories though yeah, that's people, fair other that's people fair. not my experience but that's neat very cool and then like so like even just like a little bit like uh, i guess a, a, a overview of your story with jesus like how did you come to know jesus and and i guess like kind of like how has fallen jesus led you on a journey to where you are now yeah yeah so when she brought me to church, I wouldn't have considered myself a follower of Jesus. Mm. I kind of was just like, oh, let's check it out. Like I didn't, exploring a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel like, oh, I don't believe in God. I definitely believe that God was real and that he existed, but I wasn't really sure. Like, okay, what, what more do I need to know yeah. other mm. than God's real, you know? Mm. So it kind of was just a exploration for me. I felt like I was at a low point in my life where I was in kind of a dead-end relationship that I knew was not going to last. I was questioning why I was even in college, you know, just kind of really unsure with where my life was going. And so I felt like, all right, well, maybe going to church might change that. I don't know, just that thought in my heart of like, maybe something will happen here. So, yeah, I... Went to Grace that one time and boom, I never left. Like I just kept coming back yeah. and I kept just trying to figure out what following Jesus really looked like. I wasn't yeah. fully sure even when I like, yeah, even when I left. So I went on a ton of missions trips, as you guys know. And, yeah. Um, even when I left, I was still like, I don't know if I'm like fully like bought into it. Bought in, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I went to this place called the Dream Center um, for nine months on a leadership discipleship kind of program that was also missions-based. Um, all the way on the West Coast, right? All the way on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. California? So, yeah. Los yeah. Angeles. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. in the thick of it. Okay. So it was very yeah. intense. There was actually a girl um, from Young Adults that she told me about it. I kind of was in this place and I was like, I want to, I want to serve Jesus. I don't really know. Like I dropped out of school. I ditched my boyfriend. Like I'm in this place where I just felt like totally lost, but totally wanting to like Mm. discover who Jesus is. And she like just lit up and she's like, Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know why I haven't told you about this place. Mm. And she tells me about the Dream Center. That night, I go home from Young Adults. I apply. I 
get accepted on my birthday and I go to the Dream Center, which is where I really developed that relationship with Jesus. I was baptized there um, and I just really saw the gospel like in a new light that I had never really understood before. And I saw how like I can give this gift away that I've been given from Jesus. And so then I just started to pour that out in the homeless community and the um, housing projects communities and really just got to show the love of God in so many places. And that continued for four years and I came home and went back and home and back to many different countries. um, And now I'm here. Which is crazy. Back at Grace. Yeah. 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 What? Um, so you, you, yeah, your story, I'm just remembering first time you came to young adults to, uh, where you're at now and just all the different trips in between there, what was like maybe the biggest, um, uh, thing you learned on one of your trips that you're like, man, uh, chasing after Jesus, you kind of went full throttle. Yeah. Like yeah. you just went all gas, no brakes <laughs> yeah. on this thing, yeah. which has just been so cool to me to see, but like what would be like one thing that you're like, man, this mm. absolutely revolutionized everything for yeah. me on some of these trips that you've been on. Cause yeah. you've been to Af- Africa. Where else have you been? Um, I've been to Africa. I've been to South America, Central America and Europe. That's crazy. So kind of Dang. a lot of places. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let me think about that because I, I feel like, you know, I learned a lot because yeah. I've been gone for four Four years now. Well, gone and back, you know what I mean. But um, there and back again. <gasps> See, we just brought in Lord of the Rings right there. Dude. That was for you, Garrett. That, that that's wonderful. You. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm glad. I'm this gl- is oh. a classic moment. That yes. I, I pretend to laugh and smile. Is it, is, it, is it weird that right now the Lord of the Rings like soundtrack is playing through uh-huh. like that? Uh-huh. Honestly, for you, no, it's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but for the rest of us, it is. <laughs> I think most people think that's all I do, which is half true. <laughs> so. But yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one thing that I've learned, the first thing that popped into my head that you had when you asked the question is the simplicity of following Jesus. And we, I feel like as this, as the culture, we try to make it into this complicated thing that like, yeah. oh my gosh, I got to do the works. I got to help people. I got to do all these things. And then I also have to like, do my normal life, but actually like following Jesus is so simple in the way that all of these things really come together just by like knowing him and Mm -hmm. being reminded like his presence is always with me. Like the simplicity of knowing Jesus is with us here now. So like I can trust that he is moving through each of us right now um, to when I'm at home with my parents, when I'm at school, when I'm at work and kind of, the simplicity of knowing him and his presence being here just kind of flows throughout my life. And I think it's great that we're talking about peace resisting anxiety today because it's like when you know that God is with you, it becomes so simple. Like, okay, I used to live in that anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I got to do the right thing. I got to, you know, just that flustered mind. Whereas now walking with Jesus, I... I walk in way more simplicity with him, just knowing like, okay, he is my savior. He's my comfort. He's my joy. Yeah. And just naming who he is, which brings all of that 
piece. Um, and I, I learned that in Africa and it was a time where I had no cell phone, no internet connection. I showered in this dingy brick wall, cold shower. Yeah. Like I'm wow. going to the bathroom in the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like there, I was walking to ministry like an hour to an hour and a half a day. We're walking to these different villages, just like living this simple life. And I feel like that's where Jesus really showed up for me and showed me like, hey, this is this doesn't have to be complex or hard, but really just like abiding and living in me is what's so important. Yeah. That's crazy to me because I think a lot of people would look at you and hear your story and be like, oh my gosh, there's so much I have to do. I have to go to Africa. I yep. have to go to Central America. Buy your ticket now. And you're like, yeah, you're like, I got to do all this stuff for Jesus. And yet, yeah. even in doing all that stuff for Jesus, quote unquote, you're like, the most beautiful thing was the simplicity uh, through it. Yeah. I'm like, that's just yeah. very well said. That wouldn't have been my thought and what you yeah. would have said for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think what's cool about it is funny too. Like, like talk about a perfect segue. We didn't even plan that. Like, yeah. that, was, that was really good. But like, I, I think about it in the midst of like, yeah, our conversation today, like we're talking peace must resist anxiety. We're going to run into peace. We're going to run into that way of living so that we might be able to resist anxiety. And it's like in some of those scenarios that you've walked through and we've all walked through different things, like, like naturally. So it's easy to see why and where anxiety could overtake me. Um, and yet we look at God's word, we look at these different things, and he says that we need to run into peace, run into the peace of God, ultimately. Um, I think about this, so like, yeah, like running into this conversation, see what I did there? I feel like I'm going to make that pun every time we do a, a, an episode, <laughs> running into this. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, I think <laughs> I think about this. I'm just going to sit in the silence like, it just, of it. Yeah, don't, don't give me any pity laugh. No. But <laughs> I do think about this, like within that whole conversation, like let let's almost get some like ground rule like i like identify the players here like what what do we mean by like running into peace and anxiety like what what sort of definitions would we get like how would we describe first and foremost i think anxiety like knowing almost like what it is that we're going to resist like what what do we mean when we talk about anxiety what does that look like especially i think about this like so hannah like you're here it's like like you wouldn't claim to be the expert on all this but yet like you you've walked through a lot of life as a young adult and like like just like what what are we talking about here? Like, um, yeah, I'm curious from you guys, like how, how would we lay the groundwork for this thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, it's probably easy to say, and you could look at every stat and you could look at, um, probably since 2013, 2012, like that's when the masses started getting technology, yeah. uh, yeah. specifically the smartphone <laughs> and, and anxiety has like skyrocketed. Depression has skyrocketed among young people. And so a lot of us are, uh, feeling that right like if we just did a pulse on it we'd be like yeah we're anxious and then add a worldwide pandemic in that yeah. at some point add uh political tensions add just all this craziness of our world going around us and it feels like man there's just this anxious um spirit among us all right mm-hmm. um there's a story i want to share okay because i just i try and come with just stories come okay on, you know uh so this is uh i don't know if if anybody's a reader, uh, there's a guy named Henry now, and he's a little bit uh, older follower of Christ, and he has just a story that I thought was interesting to just set the tone, maybe, and then uh, we can just keep fleshing this out. But 
he kind of gives this parable that uh, is from ancient India. Okay, so it's not necessarily a. Have you been a, to ancient India, Hannah? I have not. <laughs> D- due to the pandemic, I didn't make it there. <laughs> yeah, oh, were you going to go there? I was supposed to go no to India. No way. Really? Man. Yeah. Sorry, that was a little side note. I was just thinking, I'm like, <laughs> India. Amazing. I'm like, wait, let's take a poll. That's amazing. So here it goes. Uh, four royal sons were questioning uh, what specialty they should master. They said to one another, let us search. Uh, the earth and learn special science. So they decided. This feels like story time, by the way. It is. Yeah. Is this something you read to Denver every night? No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not. But maybe I should start. So they they decided after uh, they had agreed on a place where they would meet again. The four brothers started off each different directions. Time went by, and the brothers met again, a point at the appointed meeting place, and they asked one another what they'd learn. Uh, I've mastered the science, said the first, which makes it possible for me, if I have nothing but a piece of bone of some creature, to create a straightaway the flesh that goes with it. I, said the second, know how to create the creature's skin and hair if there's flesh on its bones. The third said, I'm able to create its limbs if, the f- if uh, I have flesh and skin and hair. And I, concluded the fourth, said, I know how to give it life to the creature that if it's completed with limbs. Thereupon, the four brothers went into the jungle. They found a piece of bone so that they could demonstrate their specialties, right? As fate would have it, the bone they found was a lion's, but they did not know it when they picked it up. One added flesh to the bone, the second grew hide and hair, the third matched its limbs with it, and the fourth gave the lion life. Shaking its heavy mane, the ferocious beast... Uh, arose with its menacing mouth, sharp teeth, and merciless claws, and jumped on his creators. He killed them all and vanished contently into the jungle. Right? Wow. You're like, that's an intense story. Yeah. And then the author goes on and just says this, contemporary people realize that our creative powers hold the potential for self-destruction. So I think anxiety, when, when you hear that, mm. it's almost like this lion sometimes, and I don't mean to be... Um, insensitive with it but it's a lion that it's often a monster of our own making that we can almost start with because when you look at just the the world in which we live anxiety kind of sits within us with the stresses and the pressures that come on and it's almost like this thing that we cultivate and make uh uh even more so in our minds right it can Mm -hmm. mess with our minds but a lot of us have it right Right. And so as, as we're talking about it, I just thought maybe that'd be a good kind of picture. Yeah. Like when we think of anxiety, it almost feels like this lion yeah. uh, that we don't know how to, how to handle this yeah. life that we live in. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah I, and I think there's something interesting and I'd be curious, like, like dive into this. Like it, it is very prevalent and we see many people nowadays, especially the conversation has turned to um, like, I mean, there's a, there's a larger scope of conversation here, which we don't have time for, but like just mental illness and, and mm-hmm. in general, where I think anxiety takes a lot of that. And, and, and what I think is often like, overlooked by like you know some people is the fact that yeah sometimes it is like inward and it's like that that's where you start the the journey of like okay tracing it back to mm-hmm. where did that come from mm-hmm. like where was the original like inception of my anxiety where did that start and i think about this like what like what where do we see especially amongst young adults nowadays where where often does anxiety take root or even begin like like one, where do we see it in the world? But even where, where might some of those roots come from? Right. Yeah, I just as I was kind of thinking about anxiety before, because as I said, I I have struggled and still do sometimes, obviously, um, with anxiety. And one thing that I really just felt 
led to say is that like anxiety is not this small thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's this lie of like, oh, if you are anxious, if you have anxiety, then you're obviously not trusting God and you just need to trust in God and you're going to be fine. Yeah. And I think that people do believe that. I mean, I believe that. I was like, why am I always anxious? I, I, I feel like I trust God and I know God, but I, I'm just not sure. And it is really getting to that root of, of where those like anxieties are coming from. And I know for me, one of those big things was the insecurity. And I think from social media, you know, you see all these, for me as a woman, like you see all these women with these perfect images. And then now it's all like, they're tracking you and they know exactly what you don't want to see. And now my media is filled with these quote unquote, perfect women perfect men, whatever it is. And I think that creates this anxiety Mm. for a lot of women and men of like, I have to look and be and act a certain way. There's almost like this standard that culture is like putting on us um, that we have to like be something that we're not. Because the truth is, is that God, I mean, you go to Psalm 139, yeah, 139, and you see like God made us each so individually ourselves like he made us in our mother's womb for who we are and kind of breaking that down that lie down that like we are exactly who we're supposed to be and i'm not supposed to be ethan or garrett or emily roar or you know all these Mm -hmm. people like i am supposed to be hannah and god created me as me and i think i found peace in that um and I think a lot of my anxiety was rooted in the fact that I just wasn't happy being myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. I think the the comparison culture drives a lot of that. The busyness of schedule, the mm-hmm. stress that we feel, the... Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm trying to think all the anxieties that, that can come on us. You're like, there's a lot of surface level, but you're asking like that root. Yeah. And I think that is, you, you kind of hit it, that... Um, that insecurity mm-hmm. that we have because we want to um, somehow be figuring out all of life by ourselves out, right? Yeah. But then we look at everybody else and they're like, they have all the answers. So we, we want to do things independent of everybody else because they look like they have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to form this anxiety in me. And I think there is a truth where you like, man, I got to press into, I think you're exactly right. Like I got to press into relationship with Jesus, Mm -hmm. God, like who did he wire me to be? Um, Who, how has he made my brain work? How has he wired me? How has he Mm -hmm. shaped me? Um, And the more I press into that relationship, the more I think that um, it does. Like Jesus said he was the Prince of Peace, right? Like scripture says that Mm -hmm. about him. Like, I think we look at our circumstances for peace. We look at our circumstances. And so when our circumstances are awry or our situations are awry, yeah. like, then it causes this anxiety in me because yeah. I can't control it all. Yeah. Right? Well, it's right. funny. Literally, what you just said there at the end, I think a lot of this comes down to, like, I think anxiety can compound, like, build on top of itself when there is a, like, extreme lack of control, or at least a perceived, like, I think that I have zero control right now. And what can happen is 
like I have one, one thing of like, like, so you mentioned social media. I see um, somebody who looks a certain way, a thing that's desirable or like they're living a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will do everything in my power to try to get to that point. And yet if that's not what I was designed for, that's something then that is inherently out of my control. And, and my attempts and my desires to run to, into an image that I wasn't designed for, all I'm going to be doing is spinning in circles. And that that fear of I will never be good enough, I'll never reach that point, I'll never look that way, I'll never have those things, compounds and builds mm-hmm. out of my lack of control over these different areas in my life. Yeah, you're putting flesh on the bone, you're putting hair on the mm-hmm. bone, yeah. you're giving it limbs, and it starts to grow into this monster exactly. right? that just like overtakes you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think within that, like, what there's an aspect of it of like, what what is ultimately probably the most, um, I guess this is like a question for you guys, like what, what is almost like the end, like destructive power that anxiety can have over my life? Like what, what are the areas in which if I let that monster get to a certain point and if I give it true life, like to go back to your story, if I get to the point where I, I give it the ability to breathe and move and control itself, like what is, what is the end in store? Like what, where, where can anxiety lead to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I do think uh, it can paralyze you. I think anxiety has a way of, um, you know, you're if you've ever had uh, severe anxiety, like anxiety in and of itself. I think we did a, a podcast with Sarah yeah. a while ago, and she she just kind of she's got some background in some of the stuff that mm-hmm. was just so helpful, um, and she said inherently in and of itself it's not a bad thing like anxiety we should be anxious when there's a bear coming at us yeah. and we go into fight or flight like yeah. or freeze you know mm-hmm. and the problem is is we have that in us that's god wiring mm-hmm. but the problem is when we take that into ordinary life like yeah. we don't live in this culture where bears normally attack us yep. and so now we take it into ordinary life where we have these situations that are heightened and we either fight flight or freeze um, in situations where we maybe shouldn't, right? Um, I think, so I think it can paralyze you. I think it can also um, get the heart pounding, the the t- chest tightening, the mind racing, almost racing so fast in slow motion that um, if you, you deal with that, you see everything through that lens then, that everything is almost... Um, uh, uh, inherently uh, going to cause me more stress or like inherently evil or like I have this lens of like everything's against me Mm. um, where you, you miss out and you become this anxious. And and I think you're, you're not a very grateful person Mm because you you just don't see life as this gift at all. Like it's, it's like this reality I would choose not to live in uh, if I could. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, To go off of that, I think it kind of just places this target on your back that you think that everybody's trying to hit you. Yeah. And, and you think that life is trying to get you and, and, you know, your, your job, you're never content with anything. You're not content Mm. in your friendships. You're 
your family relationships, you know, all of these things kind of build up and it almost puts this target of like, okay, like who, who's going to come at me next? And it almost just flows into a mind of negativity and that negativity causes discontentment and just, yeah, ultimately leads to that destruction yeah. and that continuous thought of, okay, like what's going to happen next? What bad thing? you know, is going to hit me rather than seeing like, okay, you know, I've been knocked down, but God promises he's going to bring me back up, you know? Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think anxiety, unlike maybe most has a potential in a way of like eroding your relationship with Jesus. The yeah. more you let that, um, eat you alive. And eventually maybe, maybe one way to say it is you become the monster that yeah. ate you and, and, yeah. Uh, in some ways, but um, I do think back in the fall, just based on what you're saying, and the fall of I think 2022. Am I right on that? We yeah. did a series on it that yeah. would totally be worth going back and looking at. Calm in an anxious world. Yeah. But one thing uh, I th- I think Jonathan closed it out, and he's like, our brains are wired with ants. We have these automatic yeah. negative thoughts, if yeah. you remember, and so we have this ant yeah. infestation in our brain. And the more anxiety just goes, it, it's like these ants that just Go around, and he literally said, "You got to kill the ants. You got to smash the ants." And the way you smash the ants is, I think, what you're saying, Hannah, is just looking at the lie or looking at the false narrative that I've created, the monster, the lion, and going, "I'm not going to give that thing life. I'm not going to let that thing keep playing in my mind. I'm going to replace that with truth." And the Mm. truth is, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And there's been so many times, even this morning, I'm like. Uh, right now we're going through the I am statements and yeah. we did, we did a series on that. And so you're like, Jesus, I don't feel like you're the good shepherd right now. I'm like, feel like you're actually not here. Yeah. And I feel like you're not in this moment. And I feel like I'm going through life alone. And I feel like, I think it's okay to be real with how you feel. But then at the moment of that, you go, Jesus, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust that you said you are the good shepherd. And so you be the good shepherd. I need to experience that today. Like, Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. I don't feel peace around me. I feel really, really anxious. Mm. I need you to be the Prince of Peace for me today. Yeah. Like, speaking the truth into the lie almost uh, defangs it in some way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And do you think, so this is interesting. So, like, like, you're walking into this conversation of, like, with peace, like, the way, like, I like that picture. Like, how do I, like, <laughs> take the fangs out? How mm-hmm. do I take away its ability to kill me? Um, that's what we're talking about. You're running into peace. And I think sometimes you mentioned this before we started and it, and it's been turning in my head, Ethan, is this idea of sometimes we can have a false peace. Mm-hmm. We can have a false sense of peace um, when Jesus is not the root. Mm-hmm. And I, I think about that, like when Jesus isn't the place we run to and yet we recognize it. Like we recognize anxiety in our lives. Even people who, who wouldn't claim to follow Jesus are aware of it and, and are aware of the, the devastating effects it has on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but without Jesus, we can tend to run into these false pieces. Uh, like wh- where, talk to me about that. Where, where would we go to find peace outside of Jesus? And like, what would make that a false peace? Like wh- why isn't it like, the actual cure to the sickness mm. of anxiety. Mm. Like why might it be a bandage on an open wound? <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Let I mean, let's throw a couple out. Like, uh, I don't know. You, 
man, if I can just get to that beach when mm. I hang out on the beach and just have a few moments where I relax, like then mm. I'll have peace. Like, I don't know. There's, there's other, man, if I could just go home right now yeah. and binge on Netflix and you know what happens when you binge on Netflix? You're like, you don't come out of that. I've never been like, man, I just watched four hours of Netflix. I just feel so at peace with God. I feel so connected <laughs> to my body yeah. and who I am. You're like, yeah, I don't feel that. I feel like, man, I wasted a night. And I actually feel more anxious because yeah. I should have been studying or whatever yeah. for whatever test or exam or whatever's coming. But yeah. I don't know. What are other ones you guys see or you guys experience? Like, I think even like having... In the sense of like having the next best thing or like, oh, if I just get those shoes, if I just get that dress, if I just get that shirt, you know, that it's almost that keeping up with the Joneses kind of mentality of like, if I just have that car, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. And then you get that car and you're like, man, like this is nice for a while. And then you see another car yeah, and you're like, dang, I should have got the Ford Bronco. And, (laughs) you know, and you're just like. You're you're in this never-ending cycle of like okay like I have what I need yeah and then you have it and then all of a sudden you realize somebody else has something better and you're just like oh mm. well yeah and even thinking that you can get to a point where when I'm done with this thing like oh then I'll be able to breathe like so I just finished up um, exams on Tuesday yeah. and wrote a 10 page mm-hmm. paper doing all that sort of stuff, did a presentation and like yeah. stayed up till 3am one morning working. And I was like, oh, when I'm just done and you get into this mindset of like, cause you are naturally very anxious about this. Like, what am I going to get my grade? Oh my gosh, I procrastinated on this part. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta right. And then you're like, just when I'm, when I cross that finish line, when it's mm-hmm. turned in, like my anxiety will just dissipate and I'll be in nirvana. Yeah. And what happened was I went to class, turned everything in and I got all in on time, did all this stuff. And then on the outside of it, I'm like, oh, but I have like these million other things I mm-hmm. can do. And yep. and then it's even like, it's also like, okay, well for me right now, it's like, okay, I get this break, but then I'm going right back into school in another week. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I, like even, I remember like a couple of years ago, um, working, spending countless hours and days and months working on my album which is like a huge thing and that was like a passion project that's not like school that was fun that was a passion project and i remember thinking like low-key plug low-key plug yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like genuinely though it's funny because like we spend so much time on some of these things even things that we enjoy and you get to a point like i just can't wait for it to be done for it to be ready and then i'm like i remember finishing it looking at my best friend justin and saying justin when i'm done i'm gonna take like a year break from writing and producing music i don't need and then like a month later he comes over and I'm like, dude, I got this new song. Let me show it to you. And he's like, I knew it. And it's like, yeah. we, but it's funny. Cause yeah. like I tell me myself all these things and yet I end up like getting to the outside of it and I run right back into it. Yeah. Like I can set a goal at this point. I'll be done. I'll run into peace cause I'll be done. And then we just run back mm-hmm. into the things that sometimes are, cause the anxiety, yeah. Yeah. Um, even good things. But yeah. well, I, I guess to like, cause that, if we're talking about what peace, we just talked about what peace is not. Mm-hmm. And I think that paints a picture for what we can run into and what ultimately we're hoping to run into is the peace of God. We'd say is like, there's an everlasting peace that comes from Jesus. We read that, like you mentioned earlier, like one of the names of Jesus given in scripture is that he's the Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, w- w- how do I run into that? Like where, where do I go to seek out that peace and then, mm-hmm. um, and, and then help paint the picture of how, how that truly does combat anxiety, how it's not just like those other things, how it's not just a, a, like a bandage for a time or just like a hopeful, a hopeful thought of, yeah, I'll, I'll have an imaginative sort of piece. Like where does the peace of God like cover my anxiety truly? 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, like how do I run into it? And then like, <laughs> I'm almost asking like, <laughs> sell me on it. Yeah. Sell me, like what, what is that? Like, how does that actually cause change in me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing that I kind of was thinking about when thinking about running into peace is Jeremiah 17, 9, which I'll just go ahead and read that. Come on, come on. Um, <laughs> it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? In that verse right there, I just, the first thing that comes to my mind is that it is just alluding to your own emotions, mm-hmm. you know, being untrustworthy and that peace is not always a feeling because I think oftentimes we're like, oh, I just need to feel peaceful. Like we think that peace is this warm and fuzzy feeling when sometimes it's not, you know? So I think first off it's identifying peace as not always a feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and being reminded like, oh, those those lies in my head, this anxieties that are filling me, those are not the truth and being reminded that above all things, like my heart is deceitful and wicked and there's nothing like it is sick and being reminded that like Jesus knows the truth. Jesus leads me to the truth. And so if, if my thoughts are deceitful and he could never be deceitful, then I should be running to him and be running to his truth. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, ultimately peace like we've said it here like plenty of times peace is found in his presence where um if i'm gonna run into knowing his peace i need to run into his presence Mm. regularly daily that um to experience that jesus has this interesting moment with his disciples towards the end of his journey he's getting ready to die and he tells his disciples that and they're not getting it Mm. and in john 13 they're like hanging out and this this awkward dinner happens uh, where Jesus gets up and starts washing all their feet because nobody did it. And you have the son of God, God himself washing these guys feet. They would have believed that they would have known that, uh, which would have been weird for them. Yeah. Really awkward for them. Awkward for us. Cause uh, we don't normally spend time washing feet. Right. But they not regularly, yeah, not, not all the time, <laughs> uh, but they would have worn sandals. They would have been yeah. in the middle East. Some of them would have been barefoot. So it was a custom to like, Instead of wash your hands before dinner, it was like wash your feet before you come into the house. And so nobody had done that. And so Jesus kind of gets up and starts doing it. So you're just like blown away by this awkward reality. And then uh, Judas somehow sneaks out the door and everybody's like, where's Judas? Oh, don't worry about it. Like, we won't worry about him. And you're like, oh, on the other side of that, Judas is getting ready to betray Mm -hmm. Jesus. And and then Jesus, as he's ta- talking to him, he's like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going to go to a place where you can't be, mm. at least not yet. And mm. the guys start, you can just almost think, man, this is the weirdest night of my life <laughs> yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. And, and that's saying something. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were just used to, like, <laughs> yeah. crazy things. And you can almost get a sense when you read it, like this anxiety mm. building. And Jesus is feeling the tension in the room, and it's also helpful. He's the son of God, kind of knows people in their minds and thoughts. And he looks at him, and in John 14, he's continuing the conversation, and he looks at him and says, guys, don't be troubled. Right? Yeah. He said, don't be troubled. Why? Because you guys are going to be fine. He doesn't say that, right? Like mm-hmm. He says, don't be troubled because you need to believe in God and believe in me also. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a sense where we look at believe and that word is not the 
the best word that we probably have, but it's this belief that to, to live like this is reality, yeah. to live like this is true, uh, that I will believe that God is in control mm-hmm. and that Jesus is in control, even if it doesn't feel like it's matching my reality mm-hmm. to right the second, that it's peace in his presence where I go there every day and I go, man, okay, Jesus, you're in control. Therefore, all this trouble's happening around me, but I'm not going to let it trouble me within me, right? Yeah, man. Well, it's interesting, like, because that—that's something that it's you—you you walk into it. It doesn't just like peace. Us doesn't like, like magically poof. There it is. Like we talk about, like that thing of yeah. like when I get to like the end of that thing when I do that. Like, it's something that is sought after. Yeah. And and then the interesting thing is, it's also like you don't have to go very far. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like Jesus says, like, yeah, like, believe in me, follow me, walk with me. Um, and I'm curious about this then, like, as we walk into it, like, how how does that then, like, I love the way you kind of, like, put legs on the idea of to believe, because we come to church and we hear that term a lot, like, oh, just believe, just believe. Yeah, and it and can feel like a Band-Aid, like what you were saying. It, it does, like, yeah. You just need to stop being anxious and believe, and I right. think it's more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and wh- where does that kind of, like, show up in my life like how does it what is the difference between a person walking in the peace of god and a person walking in this false peace like is almost what i'm at like how how does it play out what does real peace look like in my life it's a great question (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think when you're walking in true peace it's it's almost like not having to know what's next, but trusting in God and trusting his plans for you, trusting that he has a purpose and he is kind of guiding your path. So, you know, maybe you're worried about, oh, I've got to pay next month's rent. I got to figure it out right now, how to make more money, how to, you know, and all those anxieties start to stir up and and instead kind of taking a breath finding his presence, seeking him, um, and knowing, okay, God is my provider. Jesus provides for me. He loves me. He cares for me. Um, And kind of just walking that out and being, okay, even if I don't know how this is going to happen, I am going to trust. And it's ultimately knowing his word, knowing his heart for you, um, and, and seeking his presence. Yeah. I think that's huge, Hannah. Like just recognizing the love of God in in all of this. Like He's not um, He's not frustrated or angry that we're anxious. Yeah, He's actually really tender with us and um, meets us where we are. Uh, mm-hmm. Starts with where we're at to yeah. somehow bring us into the life that He has for us. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember your question again. Can you say it one more time? Because there was a thought that I had. Yeah. Basically, it's that idea, like, what does real peace look like in my life? Like, versus this false peace. Like, so if I run to Jesus, do it, like, what what change does that mm-hmm. bring about mm-hmm. in reality? Yeah. So I think of a story, um, or maybe not a story. I, yeah. Story I, time I'm like, even. Story it just time. goes instantly <laughs> there, you know? Like, but right now, uh, if you were to. Uh, do a deep dive into the earth Mm. you could find carbon deposits hundreds of miles down beneath the earth 
that are in massive pressures and high temperatures mm -hmm. and slowly over time they would be formed into diamonds right like yeah. diamonds right now are forming uh, deep beneath the earth under these massive pressures and these massive really intense heat mm -hmm. and uh, the picture's not original with me but if you can almost picture that as your reality that i'm choosing to believe that jesus right now is trying through all these circumstances through all these pressures through all this stress through all the anxiety that i'm feeling that jesus right now he's trying to form a diamond in me mm. and diamonds are these mm. rough edges they're not perfect but they're beautiful mm. they're beautiful and they're they've seen they they've been through this pressure and this intensity and i think you see that when you meet people who have been following after yeah. Jesus for a long time and who have dealt with so much pressure that uh, and, and stress and, and all of it, right? There's people in our, in our congregation that I'm like, man, I have no idea how you walk through that. Mm. And when they start talking, you just see this beautiful life that unfolds where they weren't perfect. They had their rough edges. They had mm. uh, stuff along the way, but it's this, diamond of a life that you're like man all that pressure led to a depth in them a depth mm. in their soul that like jesus was trying to move and work and i love that with god like nothing's wasted yeah um and he uses it in uh different beautiful ways and so mm. uh that's just where my mind went where like the the false piece the the real piece you're like the real piece is I, I accept the reality of the pressure. Like yeah. I'm not saying there's no pressure in my life, but I'm I'm also not going to look to all these other things to try and escape it. I'm going to sit and let this form me because I trust and I know that God loves me. I know that he cares about me and I know he's trying to form something in me even through this. I'm going to kind of look for what that is yeah. uh, even in the midst of it. Yeah, man, I think that's incredible. And I think even um, as we close up, as we finish this conversation, man, I think what you're talking about, like that, there's 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 a depth to my life, mm -hmm. and there's a depth to the to the the uh, like that builds pressure, and yet it's also one of those things that walking with Jesus, I'm not the only person. Like like he he bears that burden with us. Mm. And he yeah. knows, and and I I think to close, I wanted to read a little bit. So this, I mean, you mentioned Psalm 139 earlier. And this passage has been wrecking me lately personally. And I think with where we're at, what we're talking about, I'm just like, like there's, there's a depth to the way God interacts with us in the midst of our anxiety when we allow him to like interact with us and give us that peace. And, and this is what it says is the very beginning of Psalm 139. It says, um, this is David speaking. He says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. And then he finishes this section saying this. He says, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I go? And Jesus says this, that when he does leave, so go back to your story from earlier, when he, he's like, I'm going to a place, he's like, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I leave with you a helper, the Holy Spirit, mm. a spirit who walks with us and knows us. And, and, mm. and wherever you're at, whoever's listening to this, like we all have anxiety. We all do. Some at greater levels than others. 
but wherever you're at, I'd, I'd encourage you pray through this passage, pray through Psalm 139 and ask that. That's been, that's been something that I think is uh, <laughs> transformative even in my prayer life is like, Lord, search me and know me. Because if, if I'm the only person who knows what's going on, well, then we allow for that monster to be built, to be given legs. Yeah, I'm in my to, head. Yeah, I'm in my head. But if I allow Jesus into the story, if I say, Jesus, you search out my heart, you know my fears, you know my anxieties, and then I recognize that even in the worst like struggles, even when I am in those depths, when I feel the pressure around me, your spirit's with me. You haven't left me. You haven't abandoned me. And so wherever you're at, I encourage you, that, let that be your prayer as we seek out the peace of God in this, that the peace of God comes from knowing God and allowing him to know me um, to the very depths of who I am. But I love this, guys. I think this is an incredible conversation and look forward to discussing this even with the whole group, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in, in some time here. But um, we love you guys and, and grateful for this. Um, and and as we continue these conversations, again, our prayer is just to figure out what does it look like to, to put on this new self, to run into the new self that Christ has for us while resisting the old self to turn away from the, our old ways. And so with that, we love you guys. Hannah, thanks for joining us, being a part of this. You're welcome. <laughs> it was a wonderful, great conversation, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Boom! That was awesome. Yeah, come on. I love it. That was fun. That was fun. Uh,